I'm very happy to be with you all today. I am Magdala Ramirez and I come from the Maya Mexica tradition. And here is this beautiful sister, Silvia Lemus, that she also come from the Mexica Maya tradition. And in this time, it is very, very powerful times. We are directly into the wave of Kiawatl, that means rain. This is a very, very emotional wave. So everyone, it is really dealing with very, very deep emotions. And it is part of the transition time. It is a time of cleansing. It is a time of redirecting those emotions and understanding and using those emotions actually as a stepping stone. It is a time of movement. Emotion really means motion. But there is no motion without the stillness. And truly observe what is going on. We have received many, many questions from beautiful, beautiful sisters. And uh, in actually, many of them, it is part of the school online. And... Uh, Oh my gosh, they were pouring in questions today, and this is very, very beautiful. So we're going to make a weaving, my sister and I, answering those questions. So here comes the very, very first one. How to use your medicine? What do you feel, my sister? Bueno, um, muy buenos días, Kuali Tonali. It's a pleasure to... Um, be invited to speak on these very important um, questions that your your people have and how to use your medicine um, everybody has medicine and that your medicine may not be the same as someone else's and I'm always reminded of a teaching in the oral tradition that the flower may be um, a pansy, or it may be a geranium or a gardenia, and each flower has its own essence. So how to use your own medicine may be different than the next next flower. So it gets back to the question of to, how to use your own medicine is to close your eyes and ask yourself what gifts you have. Everybody has inner light, and inner inner harmony can be sought by asking yourself, what is my, um, what is, what makes me special? Maybe it's your smile. Maybe it's the way you, um, are always a clean person. That is your medicine to walk your talk. And I'm reminded of a grandmother who passed on recently. Her name was Josephine Mondeman. And she, she honored her medicine was to teach people how to sing to water. She didn't go around giving lectures about how to sing to water. She went and did it herself. She carried her, her staff and her copper bucket, and she walked her talk. Her medicine was so powerful. And now that she's made her ascension, we are in the legacy of this strong grandmother who, was, who had an open heart to know when you see water, sing to it. And that was her medicine. She did it. And so when I, the, when I asked the question, how to use your medicine, 
Each person has their own medicine, whether you're a geranium, um, a pansy, or any other type of flower. We're here to flower. And how can you flower? Take one little piece of yourself that you like. Maybe it's your smile. Maybe it's your personal cleanliness or your sense of uh, you like to ask questions. And then if you ask a question, somebody else has the same question. So that's how you use your medicine. The word medicine implies that it's a remedy. And maybe that's the um, issue here. Another way to ask the question is how do I express my inner, inner knowing? Let your light shine. We're all star beings. We came from the stars. And to be a human being allows you to, to have the capacity to walk the earth like Josephine Mondeman, a, a beautiful woman who made her ascension, who taught so many people that the indigenous woman has to lead the way to take care of water by singing to it. And she taught me how to carry a bucket. And she said, here's how you do it. You walk fast. And so she taught me so many things. Um, not by um, telling me a formula, but by doing it. And so I now walk fast. And maybe that was my medicine for people when I just finished the moon dance. I don't know. Each person has their own medicine. You have to decide how you're going to just be who you call to be. Be yourself. That is your medicine. That's how you can use it. Now, maybe your audience is thinking, well, I have, I have healing hands, and I need to be able to use that energy to, um, to share with others to bring them back to harmony with their physical illnesses. You will find out. People will ask you to do a limpia, or people will ask you, how do you keep your harmony? Because you're always happy and smiling. So my message for the person who asked this question is, um, I don't know how old you are, but in the stage of life, it's not easy sometimes. For myself, it's I'm older and I've had a lot of experience. If I were a young person, I might be shy to show my smile. However, it's important to smile, to show your medicine, and, and to have soft eyebrows. And when you smile, People will be happy around you. Isn't that a good medicine? To be able to bring harmony to wherever you go, even if it's at the grocery store. Some people are depressed. They don't have money to buy groceries, and it's a hard time. They're, they're being evicted out of their house. But they can still smile in adversity. It is very important when the people is able to recognize your medicine. As a human being, you do have the medicine that all human beings have. Human beings are loving beings by nature. They are completely peaceful beings by nature. You do live in that world of oneness. And that unique medicine that you have, you can access this just by being you and understanding that that is the great honor that you have about yourself. Being you, it is very, very, very important. Yes, everyone around you have medicine. 
The plants have their own medicine, the trees, the animals have their own medicine, and so are you. Recognizing that beautiful medicine of yours, it is for the highest good of everyone. That's how it meant to be since the very, very beginning. So this is a very beautiful time when you are actually trust yourself and being able to use your medicine at all time and for the highest good of everyone. We all are weaving together and that weaving is just way too important. Recognize that you put in the table your medicine for everyone to be able to understand it and embrace it and yourself. It is very, very important at this time. And let's go for our next question. Our next question says, how to be positive influence without imposing or projecting? What do you feel, my sister? I, I, I subscribe to the philosophy of our ancestors, which is, I'm another you. And you're in my mirror. And so um, we have our own bubble of energy, and we need to be careful not to uh, absorb someone else's energy. However, um, I enjoy that a person may be my mirror in that way they carry themselves with dignity uh, and look for the positive of um, sharing your empathy. Understanding that our ancestors knew that everyone has a pulse and a movement. And um, if I'm another you, then I can be who I'm called to be and you can be who you're called to be. And there's a sacredness about respecting a person's um, journey. It's their own journey, and you have yours. But to go with your life like a, a strong person with a, a, a heart that is open to yourself, to your family, to your community, and to humanity. In essence, be that positive um, person. Let your mirror be a positive light for others. I feel this is way too important to comprehend that being a positive influence starts with you. How do you understand that part in yourself to Embrace that light that you are. Are you being positive to yourself? Or are you constantly bringing things from the past? And what it is those voices inside of you, are they are positive? Do they are really connecting within your own self? When you see this positive influence in you, like the voice of the Great Mother, really helps you to comprehend that everyone has their own journey. 
everyone has their own understanding. And yet, by you being yourself and bringing that part of you that it is very positive unto others, giving the best of you to everyone else, it really helped them to comprehend themselves. Walking your talk, it is just way too important. Understanding that that projection that you have constantly, it really hurts the people because they didn't have their original journey. So you can put a stop every time that you want to create an imposition or projecting to somebody else and recognize and honor their journey in the same way that you are honoring yours. Okay, we go for the next question, and the next question is ways to stop inner and outer control patterns. My sister, what do you feel about this one? Uh, this question reminds me of the concept of where do we get the patterns? And the concept of where does the memory of your cell come from? And there's more research being done now. And I, I use the image of Tezcatlipoca Yayauqui, where our ancestors knew how human beings evolved. And I, that is my source of inspiration to keep me aware that I can choose um, those memory patterns because I know how my memory is. Our cells are an automatic pilot. And there's a new form of science called epigenetics that shows that your cells sometimes over generations crave uh, that dance emotions. And you're not in control of that, that your beast abuelas and your other abuelas were, were also in a, uh, maybe had health issues or threatening issues or life crises, uh, including sexual abuse. And so my understanding is, is that we need to know that we are learning a frontier of where the memory comes from. And um, we are in control of changing those memory patterns. And we can say to those cells, I'm in charge, and so what? So that we are we are able to be able to choose and persevere. And I'm reminded of that Tezcatlipoca image, and also the concept of the hummingbird, the capacity to choose, to fly in all directions. And we have that power of the capacity to change our memory. It just takes your effort to work with that 10% of the cell to move it forward. Okay. Well, control. Control truly is kind of like a bad word in many, many ways. You're going to be controlled by the same thing that you want to control. And it is very, very important to overcome those influences or that even genetic memory that you do have, like this beautiful sister was talking about. Where do this is coming from? Are you repeating the same patterns? Are you repeating the same control of your family dynamics? 
or can you observe it without identifying with it? When you are able to observe it without identifying with it, then you are able to choose another way. Those patterns are very, very important for you to realize it. Do they are good for you? Do they are truly good for everybody else? Are you perpetuating something? You, those come from all belief systems that right now, just by the moment that you present a truth, all those lies will fall. Human being has been so much into the colonization that they think that that is the only way to understand life and, of course, wanted to control absolutely everything. Can you live in that entrega? That entrega, you know, that word for me is a sacred word because you don't have it truly in English. It means the last push when you're having a baby, that it doesn't matter anymore, life or death. That moment that you are able to see yourself in this freedom, and this starts with you. Living your life in that entrega is just way too important because when you find that it is about freedom, the freedom that you born with, you're reclaiming your own freedom. So that is very, very important at this time. Here goes the next question. How to overcome depression or passive patterns of emotions? What do you feel, my sister, about this one? <clears throat> Can you repeat the last phrase? I understood. How do people come want to know how to overcome depression? And what was the last part? Or passive patterns of emotions. Well, I can only give myself as an example. Um, I, I surround myself by, by, with flowers. When I, um, flowers are healers. And if I feel like I'm um, facing some life crisis issues that are not in my charge, but we all have our, you know, espinacas in our life, our, our thorns with the flowers, and that is a myth that you have to always be happy because that's not how life is. But we do have uh, pulls and turns, so that's normal, first of all, to have the ups and downs, like the water, the ebb and the tide. Um, but what I do is, is I, I surround myself with um, being in nature, going for a walk by water, every daily exercises, and and I um, I will go to my favorite grocery store where they put their flowers on discount, and I'll find a flower that I can afford to buy, and um, and it's fun. It's lots of fun to see that the flowers are truly healers and I can answer the question that for us to remember we're here to flower and to find that message in plants they have the medicine to take care of those dense emotions and uh, we have a name for that concept it's a person who knows all the plant medicine and the happy with children clothing 
the, the sacred Maguey plant. That is my spirit name, Maya Will. So I studied that concept a lot. So all the blessings for the question. Each person can find a way. I'm giving an example of what I do. I really feel that um, depression or the passive patterns of emotions, as much more you identify with it, as much more depression and passive patterns you will have. When you are able to understand this as an identification, it is just that it is this part of you healing this other part of you that needs your help. It is this part of you that it is full of light and understand higher ways, that it is able to see and help this part of you that it feels so depressed. You have the power of healing. Everything it is within you. It is good to observe what it is making you sad, what is making you going into guilt and shame and things that it brings you down constantly. But it is also very beautiful to understand that it is just that. An identification that in one way or the other you are able to move it in a higher way, in a higher understanding of who you are for real. Human beings have different abilities. And yes, um, there is so many remedies that you can find in the outside world. Exercise is a good one, especially swimming, being in the water. It is very, very powerful. Yet, the response, the true response is you wanting to overcome that depression. That you wanting to see a different light in you. What life is leaving you? Or can you leave your life? Everyone has these ups and downs. And it is part of everything. And it is beautiful the way that it is. You're, you're going into different patterns in life. You have a cycle, especially if you're a woman. That cycle of your moon time, it is also way too important to comprehend. Can you observe it without identifying with it so you are able to help yourself? You're able to heal yourself. And that is way too important too. And let's go for our next question. How to remove the influence that comes from the system? What do you feel about this one, my sister? And I guess I'm asking, answering the question, the patriarchal system? Yes. And I'm answering the question that... Um, I used to think that it was just easy to overthrow the patriarchy. It will not happen in my lifetime, but I'm doing my part. And it took thousands of years to create this imbalance of power. And um, I used to think if I could just get a PhD and get a degree from a professional institution like Stanford University, 
I can have influence on that patriarchal system called the university where they, they teach Chicano studies, which I helped create at two campuses. And then I learned that um, they, the patriarchy is so alive and well, and that's what's referred to. And to me, I call it a medieval institution. And uh, the course I taught, they even changed the title of the course <laughs> without my knowledge. So it's like, um, I was, uh, I had to leave that institution for my own health and well-being. And um, now my my way of handling the system is to get out of that system. To get out of that system was was creating a bad health for me. And it was uh, with the great tears. I I, uh, I was only one of four Chicano women in the state of Minnesota who had PhDs at the time. And my compadres were telling me, do you realize what you're doing? And I, I, had, to, I had to take care of my own health. So um, if we have a capacity to challenge the system, there will be opposition. But you'll find allies. And so I, my allies was to draw a picture of my ideal way of, of uh, getting around the patriarchy, which was to teach under a tree. My, my university is in nature, and now I teach under a tree. So that's my job and how I handle the patriarchy. But every time I hear a person say mankind or the man did this or the man did that when they're talking about human beings, I, I say to the person, please, please change that brain. brain. Can you use uh, inclusive words? And it's not just the patriarchy. It's our attitude toward um, sexuality. And we have to be able to move that system forward in our own little way. And I think it's critical for human beings, especially women, it's urgent to to find ways to shift the pattern. And, and it's exciting because um, I'm seeing leadership for youth that are indigenous youth on how to take care of Mother Earth. And so that's a patriarchy too. How do we honor that it's our mother and we cannot violate her? So there's so many ways to express the capacity to be that person who can do your part. And, um, and to be, and never give up hope. Keep your vision of hope alive. You, you will be able to do it. And you ally yourself with other people so that um, I call it eagles in formation. And we can be like the phoenix bird rising again. Like uh, they say that sleeping giant, I'd rather say that it's Quatemo rising again, the, like the descending eagle. And find your way. I, I use um, many ways, including my, my education. They can't take that away. So I know how to learn new ways to study the oral traditions of our ancestors. So blessings on this question. Well, how to remove the influences from the system? The system is inside of you. The system have created in you. In there, that's where you find your answers. First, you need to stop contributing from the inside and understanding yourself in a very different manner of how that system has defined you, that system told you how to feel, what to think, 
and understand that freedom that you have within you. When you realize that the system, it is in you, and you are able to point it out inside of you, where is it? And how do I feel? What do I think? Does it has to do with the colors of the skin? Does it has to do with with traditions or religions? Does it has to do with all these situations that it was imposed in the outside world? And yet there is this uniqueness way of perception that you have within you. From there, that's where you remove the influences from the system. Right now, it's very, very important because, you know, the system can create even a tone outside and, and everybody got it. Everybody can be completely manipulated by the system just by understanding what they are doing with all these weapons of vibration that they are putting into the people. But when you are able to see these parts in you, you don't go for it. You realize that this is coming from the outside and they want you to do certain things. They want you to buy certain products. They want you to think in certain ways because they know absolutely everything about you. And you do need to remember that your decisions are very emotional. Emotions and pain and suffering. People in pain and suffering, it is completely manipulable and controllable. When you are able to understand this part in you, that it is able to help that pain, then you don't go for the manipulation that the system is doing. This has been imposed since you were a little, little, little girl. You know, they tell you so many lies. One of the biggest that I can consider it crimes from humanity is thinking that you need to change who you are in order to receive love. They didn't tell you that you are love. When you can see the source of love that you are, you really take a huge chunk from that manipulation from the system. And don't believe that exchanging your tones and your original vibration is going to give you love. No, you're not beggars of love. You have always been love. So recognizing those parts in you that still feel that way, it is very, very important at this time. Okay, let's continue our questions. How to let go emotions from the past without attaching them to the present? What do you feel about this one, my sister? Life is a journey, and each layer of your life is important. And it contributes to, to your, at the end of your journey, you will have a bundle of experiences and um, there are four stages of life, and each stage is important. So to let go, maybe um, that experience was there for a reason. It makes you a stronger person. So the the question 
I'm answering is more like how do we how do how do we use uh, how do we reflect, integrate, and then disintegrate? And um, the moon is an example of, of that. The moon is full, and we bring all of our experiences to the present. And then the moon is a new moon, and we don't see it. So for us, it looks like it's gone, but it's still there. You've had that, you know, you know you've had those experiences. But that's a symbol for just for letting it go, disintegrating it, and then and then we can reflect on those those experiences. Um, how does it make you stronger? How does it make you the person you are? So I, I would say use the metaphor of the moon and the cycles of the moon. The moon is full, and the moon is is wanes and grows and becomes a new moon on Thursday of this week and um, you have new beginnings and so the, the metaphor for me is to look at the moon it's a great teacher of cycles and maybe you'll find your answers in nature how to let go of things I can just share with you how I do it and I have no formulas for for each person other than what what life is, is we're here to learn those experiences and we're, to, we're here, and it's a gift to have those all those experiences. Each one of us has different experiences, and it's it's a limitation to think about our our emotions. Um, we're limited by the five senses. We only perceiving experiences, and through our eyes, our ears, our or maybe our smell or the words we hear that are maybe hurting us. However, they're not the real truth. You are the truth. And try to use your five senses to um, to be aware of the divine, or the awe of that sun that rises every morning. And every day is a new day. So we have, we have a body that gives us perceptions. But that made that you are the truth. It's once what you're what you're perceiving to change may be once removed from the truth. And as our sister Magdala just said, you're pure love and innocence. As a reminder, you are living in a hologram. That hologram is the Tecaslipoca. There is no present, past, and future. You're not bounded by time. The ancestors, as we call them, they were measuring consciousness. They were not measuring time. For such a long time, human beings relate with time based on emotions. You think about the past and you have a landmark about how you were feeling in that time space and how it is connected to this other time space and this other time space in these places where you go it is really attachments that you have to the experience as a reminder you come into this realm to receive all these lessons those lessons are very very important to learn that's why you created in the first place 
when you are able to see the lessons and recognize what you have learned in every single experience, you remove the attachment that you have. The attachment, those parts of you that stay in the past, just what you think, but they are there. Though that broken heart that you have in that time and space still is there. When you can go back and bring that pieces of your heart that it was broken, bringing it together, the only way to do this is by removing the attachment, the emotional attachment about this and recognize it as a lesson in your life. What do you learn from it? What are you learning now from it? Can you name three things that you learned with it? What happened? Because it is you the one that it is creating the hologram, participating in this. It is you, that Tecaslipoca, that pushed that button. Nobody's pushing it for you. Those are lessons that you needed. And if you don't get the lesson, you're going to repeat it over and over again until you find out what do you have learned from it. And let's go for our next questions. And the next question is, how to recognize the voice of the Great Mother inside of yourself? What do you feel about this one, my sister? Well, it's a, it's a, it's a concept of uh, trust and faith and uh, listening to your inner voice and that we all come from a mother. And the great mother is a concept of um, that spark of life that is universal. And how to listen to the voice may come in your dreams, in your dream time. It may come, um, it, it may come in different ways. Uh, you can, uh, many, many civilizations understand the concepts of, of prayer and deep meditation and they have different traditions of practicing that and um, I used to think everybody could do that um, at certain levels I realized some people are, are at a vibrational frequency to receive messages and um, This is a question that is perhaps individual to your own persona. Uh, I sometimes tell the Great Mother and all my guardians surrounding me to tell me three times before I, I share this with the person I'm doing a cleansing on. And so um, I have a great, a great understanding of the question. And it's, it's unique to each person, and it's very sacred um, to be able to be uh, to be able to be that mirror. If, if, if I say something to someone and they'll say, oh, my goodness, that was such a beautiful thing you just said, and I'll have to ask them, what did I say? 
so that I can hear it too. And to be an open channel to the, the faith and trust of the, the pure energy of love. And to know that you can find your, your vibrational frequency in that moment of maybe lighting a candle and meditating for 20 minutes. Um, under the light of the full moon is another tradition I do. So I get, I get messages from the Great Mother in many ways. And uh, I've been at this for a long time. So I, I, I can share that it's when you're 73 and you know these things when you're 16. You, it's a journey. And you will find your own techniques and your own ways to trust. And uh, that you are, as we've been sharing earlier in the show of the radio program, that we're pure love. And, and, and it is a miracle to be in, in, in this consciousness. And, um, and surround yourself by positive people who, who, re, who, who can validate that you are that pure love. Let your light shine. Uh, and you are from the Great Mother. I love this question because uh, that question, it is in every single ceremony, in every single part of us, our moon dance, our light dance, priestess ceremony. And here is something that for you to consider, my sister. You are the great mother. It is a voice inside of you that has always been in you. Now, from all these voices, how do you recognize this part? The Great Mother is not bully. The Great Mother is not there to even tell you what to do, but she does put the things in the table, and it is you, the one who decide what to do. She is not judgmental. She is not in bad criticism, yet she does do the things for the highest good of everyone. You are a version of the Great Mother, just like I am, just like my sister in here. We all are versions of the Great Mother because she is the one that created you. She is the one that it is in you. You have a life force. The same life force that it is in that tree, it is the same life force that it is inside of you. It is the part of you that recognizes the essence of every single life form. Everything has consciousness. Everyone has consciousness. Even in your physical body, your cells have consciousness and you are that for them too. It is you in that beautiful ways every time that you love you are not even being able to love anybody without her it is a divine right it is her loving it is her understanding connection it is her the one who awakes you when you finally accept yourself and merge into one with this one, the one that created you, that calls every moment. I'm here. 
I'm here, and I'm here to help you. Don't you know that I am your mother? Don't you know that it is me in you, directing you, guiding you, for the highest good of everyone, for this is my world? How do you recognize this voice of the Great Mother? Or how does she look like? Can you see yourself in the mirror, directly in your eyes? Can you see the eyes of everyone around you and uncover her and think, there you are? This reminds me of this little story with my grandchild. I was um, giving her chicken soup and my daughter was here. And my daughter was also cooking and my granddaughter was sitting in the table and I gave her the chicken soup and I always said, with so much love. And she went in this deep silence and she goes, when I feel your love, mom, I feel that I can love absolutely everything and everyone because I can feel your love. And then I say, and that is the great mother in you talking. And she went in deep silence again. And finally she said, it is a voice inside of me, therefore I am the great mother. And she was like eight, nine years old. And I look at her and I said, and there you are. This is how it is. I have seen so many beautiful people that they come out with incredible, beautiful understandings and sayings. Your wisdom, it is amazing because the Great Mother is inside of you. And let's go for our next questions. How to identify and own the feelings underlying projection and control? Do we answer this one, I think? How do we... How do we identify the underlying feelings, projection, and control? Yeah. It's, I don't know if the question is very clear. Well, how to identify and own the feeling underlying projection and control? Well, it's not about you. Yeah. And drop it every time that you want to make somebody else's about you. I think that is the most uh, simple way. Let's go for the next questions. Okay. How do we process anxiety? What do you feel about this one, my sister? How do we process anxiety? Yeah. Well, um, anxiety is emotion that's good because you can be anxious before giving a keynote address. And the way you process that is you practice, practice, practice. What makes you anxious? Is it because you are going to take an exam um, and you haven't studied hard? Then you practice, you study. What makes you, what is the source of the anxiety is the question I would ask the person. Are you anxious that you're spending too much money and you can't pay your bills? Then don't spend so much money and go to the thrift store to buy clothes or don't buy that makeup. What makes people anxious could be um, many things.
things. But the emotion is the same. You feel inadequate. And then you have to problem solve and what makes you feel that way. And we've been talking over and over again that we're divine love and that she's for the loose, that spark of light. And, um, and sometimes we may not feel like we're worthy of that spark of light. And then you, you find ways to maybe um, volunteer at a, at, a, at a shelter or volunteer to read stories at a nursing home. And um, there's ways to, to get around that feeling of, of inadequacy or what makes you anxious. And you can find help. Ask people who, ask, ask your grandmother, how does she handle her anxiety? Because she's had lots of years of experience. And women are good at that, um, taking care of, of the medicine of the home so that there's harmony and how to budget. And um, you have goals in life. And that, and that emotion is a good feeling because you can convert that to energy to do your work and to be strong and to be bold and to practice, practice, practice a skill that makes you feel proud of what you're able to accomplish. Maybe you're anxious about a, a poem you're creating or maybe you're anxious about um, a performance you're going to do. As I said earlier about a keynote address. So you, 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 you do your work, and, and each person has a capacity to do the best they can. Whatever obstacle it is, always do your best. And ask other people for help. If you're anxious about something, there are a lot of people you can get allies with. And you have a team behind you. And I counsel people who are doing projects to have, a, have an advisory team so that they can they can have people to, to give them advice. They don't have to take the advice about what makes them anxious, but at least they have more minds solving the problem. So that's how I would answer the question, Amiteo, blessings of harmony for the person who asked this question. Well, how do we process anxiety? See beauty, go into nature, be present. Open your senses, all of them at the same time, and go into nature and find that beauty. Find something that it is so beautiful and match. Match your energy with that beauty. See the mountain, how calm it is, how beautiful it is, so vibrating, how incredible energy that you can find all around you and match that energy of vibration of of that calmness and that beauty that it is all around you and inside of you the part of you that it is able to match it is that beauty that you have breathe observe your breathing when you can observe your breathing as you are connecting into beauty it truly helps you to match the energy the energy of that beautiful tree of that beautiful flower whatever you find that nature it connects you with this part of you that reminds you that you have always been nature 
And let's continue. We have two more questions to go. Thoughts in accepting where others are in their journey, but also encouraging people to fly high. What do you feel about this one, my sister? It's a beautiful question because the person who's asking the question sees that they they are at a stage in their life where they they know they can fly like the eagle and to look up to see the eagle. And they know others who may not be able to see the eagle to fly high. But um, we there's a song um, about uniting uniting the feathers so that with the feathers together we can fly high. And so the question I would go back to that song and answer it that way: that together we're united. And with our, with our, we can make, we can make wings that can fly high with our unite, being united. So find like-minded people, and um, you can be like the phoenix bird, flying high. Estamos unidas con plumas, con plumas construimos nuestras alas, volando alto como el pájaro de fuego, volando alto como el pájaro de fuego. That's how the song goes. And learn that song. It will help help the person who asks this question. Well, accepting where others are in their journey. Because it is accepting or recognizing. I don't know if the word will be more recognizing and embracing the journey of absolutely everyone. And also see seeing yourself as a bridge. You are that bridge. And as you understand your frequency range and how to raise your own consciousness, immediately everyone around you will embrace that part too. What is that part in you that you understand yourself as a bridge? And recognize yourself as a bridge. And everyone, everyone has a frequency range. And wherever you go, if you hold that medicine, that love that you are, immediately you make everybody connect into this one. Everyone has a message for you. As you are also the messenger for everyone else. Recognize that message and fly high. You fly high yourself and become that bridge. And that moment, even for human beings, at the moment that you see that beautiful eagle or that beautiful hawk flying so high, you immediately connect with that consciousness and understand what it means and how to see yourself in every single thing in a higher manner. Not only in that little lower self that it is very involved with that third dimensional reality. You have the ability to see the higher picture. And that is the medicine of the evil. And it is the medicine of the human being. For you are multidimensional being. And you are the bridge for the many. 
Okay, our next question, and is the last one. How to see the pain in other people's heart while maintaining the inner harmony? That's a tough one. What do well, you feel, my sister? <laughs> There's some people who are gifted to see that pain. And the gift to see that pain is also to know the, that you have your own boundaries and limitations. And, it is, and, and to be resilient yourself is to know your boundaries and limitations. Because some people are not prepared to, to deal with how to deal with their own limitations. And so there's, there's a respect of, um, that you, there's a respect that you are not there to solve another person's problem. You're there to be respectful of that person's journey. If I understand the question correctly, a person may feel they have a capacity to be a guide to that person who is um, in dense emotions. And and that's why it's sometimes that person is there in your life so you can show your, your capacity to get, have skills to help that person. And... Um, Don't hold back if you have medicine that can help a person. But there is a sense of, of respect in that person's, um, that person has their own free will to, to, to lead their life. And um, if I understand the question correctly, you, you may feel like you have gifts to help that person. But there is also ethics about how that person has to find their own inner journey and um, and to stay resilient and positive around that person without imposing your own um, suggestions or solutions to that person. Kada, each person has their own journey and we're in it together like a circle and um, to be resilient it's important <coughs> when you're around those kind of people who who may have issues that you can help them with, and um, and find ways to let your own light shine, and they will come to you for advice. Maybe that's how um, I would answer that question. Well, these questions. It really, it really goes directly into my heart <laughs> because, uh, and I need to ask, who answer this one personally, and how it works. Sometimes I heard things that you don't want to know. I go to seminars or do healings that things that happens to people that you don't really want to know. And when I come back home, I go directly into the sweat, into the temazcal, and have a good, good cry and tell the mother, here, mother, you take care of this. I did my best. And uh, human being is very empathic by nature. And that empathy, it is just way too important to understand it. Recognize what is yours and what is not 
yours. And yet, being able to connect with that person and see what is going on and how you can bring that light into that person. And sometimes it happens like a, like a firefighter. You know, you get into a house that it is in flames and you go there and say people and sometimes you're coughing when you're outside and you're going like, well, yeah, it wasn't my house, but I needed to do this. And and you cry. And you feel desperate, especially for me when it has to do about children. What is the situation in the border? It really, really bothers me. And I take it to the mother over and over and over again. Every time that I can feel that sadness, you know, racism. It makes me feel so completely sad. I cannot even comprehend, especially when you come from Mexico. In Mexico, we don't have this kind of stuff. We have classism. But we don't have the racism that it is so horrible that it is in the United States. And it makes me feel so completely sad when I see it over and over and over again in people not being able to comprehend that we are one and those children it really really bothers me you know what happened to the children what's going on right now with all these sexual abuses that are coming forward and it is just horrible to even think about that and yet you put attention and you take it to the mother over and over again you recognize that part in you or what you can do and what you cannot do but bring it in praying for the people take it to the mother and said we need help we need help as a human being I can't even conceive that somebody can be that dark and I take it back into the mother and pray about it to heal myself and to be able to bring that healing to each one of the people involved in this. You know, when I see all these things going on in the system, it is just way too important to hold on into that perfect harmony that you are and to have a good cry sometimes. And go into the sweat and pray. Pray for everyone. For the highest good of everyone. For being able to overcome these horrible situations. Sometimes the mother says, well, it's going to be worse before it gets better. And I know that it's going to be better. That we are entering into a very different dimension and that it is that perfect match of that harmony within your own self well I want to thank you everyone it has been so amazing thank you my sister for being here with me and making this dance together it really really makes my heart bloom I want to tell everyone that our school is open 
and we are accepting registrations, we'll start again in the equinox in March 21st. And we also have this beautiful app, Messages from the Great Mother. Receiving a message every day, it really helps you to stay connected. And uh, for me, today, it was a very beautiful message that I received in my phone. You know, you can download it in your phone. And this message for me is, whatever your heart is, that's home for you. And that was a big, big reminder for me. I love you all so, so much. And Tlatsokomati, Tlatsokomati, Tlatsokomati for being you. Thank you, my beautiful sister. And we okay, will talk later. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Tiawi, go forward.